Hey, this is Zach White, founder and CEO at Oasis of Courage and host of the Happy Engineer podcast. If you want to leverage your message, turn your mess into a message that sells and build a lasting legacy, you should be listening to Stories That Sell with my good friend, Scott Ramage. You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, on this episode, I have my friend, Zach White. Zach is an engineer by trade, but he is a widely renowned coach known for changing the game in engineering career coaching. He has worked with hundreds of engineers at all levels from dozens of top companies worldwide to escape burnout and achieve breakthrough results. Uh, this is an awesome conversation. We talk about the power of podcasting, um, the trap of just be smarter and work harder, the whole life balance. We really talk about how to obtain whole life balance and what that really means. We talk about counterbalance, but really this is a fun conversation. A lot of parallels with Zach's stories and my story, which makes for interesting uh, dialogue. So tune in. Hey, everybody, before we get started on this episode of Stories That Sell, I wanna to talk to you about my company, Media Machine. Media Machine is a team of virtual professionals that help you get massive amounts of work done from editing videos, audios, podcast production, social media creation, social media management, nurturing leads, processing payments, admin, pretty much just anything you need as a business owner, coach, or professional. Media Machine is here to make sure your productivity skyrockets while performing tasks and roles you simply don't want to do or don't have the time to do, or maybe you just don't even have the skills to do it. Media Machine offers a wide range of services that help you run your business and save money. Check them out at mediamachine.net. Book an appointment to find out more. That is a super simple 10-minute call that will just kind of make sure that you are a good match. And without further ado, I want to welcome our guest today, Zach White. Welcome to the show, man. Scott, it's awesome to be here. Thanks so much for the invite and looking forward to this. Yeah, you're a podcaster. I want to put that out there. You're a podcaster and it's so much fun to talk to other podcasters. They get it. They talk. It's awesome. I'm literally looking forward to this. So, I understand. I feel the same way. It's always a relief to have somebody on the other end of the microphone who, who gets it and has a microphone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. I'll be having conversations. My wife and I'll be having conversations with other couples and she's like, I know your podcast, you don't have to fill empty space all the time. Because <laughs> so I have to reframe my conversational skills when I'm doing this as opposed to just having that's right. That's right. Event. Silence is the enemy of podcasters worldwide. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But but I'm getting used to silence. It's good. It's good. So what we're gonna do, what we always do in this podcast, I just want to hear about Zach. I want to hear about your journey because yours 
yours is really unique. You are an engineer by trade. And here you are with your company, Oasis of Courage. And uh, the podcast name again is... It's The Happy Engineer. Yeah, which is so cool. That's really cool. That's really drawing. I, if I were an engineer, I'd want to be listening to that because I want to be happy. <laughs> Good. That's. I hope every engineer or, or technical professional hearing this feels the same way. And it's been a really fun journey to get The Happy Engineer off the ground. Yeah. And that's kind of what we, I want to talk about. I want to hear what your journey has been. Why engineering? Why doing what you're doing instead of being an engineer um, and, and podcast, why you're doing this podcasting. So rewind, take us back to kind of what led you to the business that you're in today. You know, my mom probably still wants to know the answers to why I'm not <laughs> building my engineering career right now. But yeah, if I back up, Scott, the the story of Zach White as a, a youngster, if you will, is the classic engineering story. I had that skill set around math and science. Everybody told me I was so smart. I got great grades. I really enjoyed learning technical things. And my dad was a double E from Purdue. And it's just like, yeah, I'm going to be an engineer. That was my destiny from, from the beginning. And I honestly really enjoyed it. I also went to Purdue, studied mechanical engineering and got into my career at Whirlpool Corporation in a top talent leadership development program. And everything was working out just the way it was supposed to. You know, I got the great grades, valedictorian in high school, admission to this amazing engineering school, and life was good. I had, though, as you, you know, as any good story does, um, the proverbial bump in the road. And for me, Scott, that was this realization that you know, I really wanted success. I, I wanted to move up in my career. I wanted the titles. I wanted the promotions. I wanted the income. I wanted all these different things, but I only had a couple of strategies in my life on how to do that. And they were all rooted in be smart, work hard, be smart, work hard. Like that was my recipe for success as a kid. I had this natural intelligence in math and science, so I didn't have to apply myself too much in high school. In college, I did, but it, you know, it came pretty easily. If I just put in a little more time, studied a little harder, I could get the grades. And it, it was never anything else. It's just, if I'm not getting the result, I just need to work a little harder and I'm going to get that. Well, fast forward to career life and anybody listening to this, you know, in your, in your job, or if you own a company, you understand like there are not finite end points. It's unlimited. There's always more work to do. There's always another promotion to chase. There's always more. Anyway, I, I fell into the vortex, Scott, of career aspiration and did not realize how ill-equipped and how little energy I was spending taking care of the rest of my life. And you know, the moment that a lot of people who've heard my story before know about that I talk all the time was my rock bottom realiza realization was sitting across from a divorce attorney, feeling incredibly embarrassed totally ashamed about the, what had happened here. I was the guy who was going to grow up, have the, the perfect, you know, family, the ideal life, you know, divorce was, was never a thing that would happen to me. Uh, you know, and here I am work is okay. Personal life is terrible. And I'm, I'm literally reeling just saying like, what happened? How did I end up here? And there has to be 
more to this story. There has to be a different approach. Like what went wrong? And that was the beginning of looking at life through a totally new lens and asking new questions about what do I really want from all this and where am I going? Yes, you had a big aha. I mean, that divorce, sitting in that at that table, uh, looking at a divorce attorney, was that big aha. Those these are these are so profound. When I've I've interviewed quite a few people that have had those big moments where it's like, whoa, what happened? Um, I, I I'm I really really relate to that work. Be you know, be smart, work hard. But mm-hmm. my thought when you were saying that is like, dude, you're you're in engineering. You don't get into engineering unless you're smart. <laughs> And you work hard. So you're yeah. up against people that are doing the exact same thing as you. Exactly. And to your point, that recipe will yield a lot of results, especially early in your career, when you're competing against a lot of folks who also just got out of college. And it separates the people who truly have a work ethic from those who sort of just got by in college. And so that's part of the challenge and the addiction of this, Scott, was I did get rewarded with opportunities for better projects, special assignments, promotions in those first two, three, four years of my career by applying that same strategy. But eventually, you can't just work hard your way to the kind of success that you want to achieve. And it it became one-dimensional. The only area of my life that was getting hard work and continued education and, and be smart was career. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't put any of that energy into being a great husband, into taking care of my, my health and fitness, into my faith or my family. It was only going into the one domain where I was attracted to this idea of success. And as I know now, no amount of success at work makes up for complete failure at home. Right. And, you know, I had that aha because I learned it the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something you probably don't know. I had the exact same thing happen. Um, Except for I was in a career and this is what I love talking about because you're kind of referring to Parkinson's law, which is basically work will fill all time. And if work is equation to more money and more money is a view that you have or more success or more status, like there's, really no time you can turn off, right? Well, as an educator, there was no, there, there was definitely a ceiling to that. And so then I went and started doing other businesses at the cost of family, at the cost of the rest of my life, because I was working 4 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, you know, I just fell victim to that Parkinson's law. And it sounds like you did as well. And now I have a question for you, because this is a conversation that comes up a lot with um, some of my guests on another podcast I have. Do you believe in balance? Do I believe in balance? Between work. It's an interesting way to frame the question. I, I like it. I, I don't like the concept of work-life balance. I think the phrase and the model that that implies in our mind is broken. Absolutely. And specifically because if as soon as I say work-life balance, I've put two ideas, work and life together, which are not distinct. You know, work is a subset of life. And then I've placed them on this scale. You can imagine them tipping one way to the other, which one has more weight to it as if they're in some sort of need to be equal. And, and again, that entire mental model of work-life balance, I, I believe is flawed and broken. And it starts with the fact that work is part of my life, not something separate from. 
what I do believe in is the idea of whole life balance, meaning if, if all I pursue is work and I leave the rest of my life to just die on the vine, that does not serve me because as a whole person, I do need to apply energy and time into the other parts of my person, which includes my faith, my health, my family, my hobbies and passions, you know, it's time for rest and self-care. Uh, you know, all of those things are part of me. And if, if I give them no attention, then that leads to a different kind of problem. So th there's still imbalance in my life if all I care about is work. So in that sense, I do believe in balance, but it's, it's across the whole picture. Um, the other thing I like to think about, Scott, is the concept of counterbalancing rather than simply seeking a state of balance. And here's where I see people go wrong. They see balance as this ideal. I have to get all the ingredients right. And as long as I follow that perfect week formula every single week, I can stay in perfect balance. I think that's bogus. There is no way, and I have not seen anyone land on the perfect week execute it flawlessly every week of their life and somehow magically stay in balance. Like it doesn't happen. Okay. And you know, this anecdotally, just from your own experience that that's not true. And so I like to look at it more of, Hey, at any point in time, am I aware of the choices that I've made that have led me to an out of balance place, which I do all the time. Mm -hmm. I may have, I may have to make that choice to work extra this week. So what, choice will I make to counterbalance that next time, next week or tomorrow or whenever? I like to think about how am I counterbalancing my decisions to keep me passing through the center, so to speak. It, you don't land there and stay in perfect balance. You're always paying attention and making decisions to counterbalance your previous choices. That, that's the model I like to use with my clients that I coach and in my own life. Yeah, I really like that model. I chatted with somebody who um, we were having a pretty deep conversation about this. And he also talked about the, the removal of things as well. Removal of mindset, the removal of things that don't serve you or your, your core values, your mission, your vision. And I think that's all part of this. It's part of that counterbalance, that, that, um, that whole life balance. I really love that statement. It's the first time I've, learned, I've heard that one because I've heard a lot because this is a conversation I have very frequently and it's on the top of my favorite conversations to have, which is how we got off track, which I, but I want to be off track because this is so good. Um, so you found yourself here, you know, not, not happy looking at yourself going, this is not what I wanted to be. And, you know, you're in a, probably it sounds like a really good engineer um, position as an engineer, good place. So what happens next? What happens through this aha moment of, Hmm, this isn't what I thought it was going to be like. The first thing was deep depression, frustration, anxiety. I mean, I had to go through some stuff, let's be honest. But those things, I'll say this, and for you know, whoever's listening, just to let you know, if you feel connected to any of what I'm saying here, uh, one thing that I did not do well at that time was let people in. I really wanted to keep this whole problem a secret and deal with it myself. Mm -hmm. And there's many people around me who knew me during that time who might hear me say I was depressed, I was frustrated, I was anxious. I, and they would say, really? Like, I never 
I never knew. I never saw that. I was so good at putting on this front. And so the, the first thing that had to happen was what I refer to as having the courage to be fully known, to actually let some people into my life and expose that area of failure and embarrassment and shame. And that was a, a real process to, to open the door, so to speak, to my heart. And as an engineer, even those kind of phrases are kind of like, yeah, you know, <laughs> let's just solve the problem with our minds. You know, that, that's the recipe of success I knew. But the pathway to healing and growth was not in my head, right? It was in my heart, in my emotions, and in my life in a, in a whole different dimension. And so it, it challenged me to look at things in a new way. And the key moment, Scott, was I actually hired my first coach mm -hmm. during that time. I said, hey, I need help. I want to be successful still. This, this failure didn't eliminate my vision and dream for success. I still had this deep desire to be somebody greater than I was at that time. But I had this big failure and this pain that made it seem scary. Like, don't go that way. And it's like, that can't be true. There has to be a way to get success without having these kinds of, you know, rock bottom experiences. So I hired a coach and that process of being coached absolutely transformed my life. It was rocket fuel. And my career exploded. I had more promotions and more success at work, putting in fewer hours because I was far more intentional, far more strategic and brought way better energy into the workplace. I met who is now my wife, happily married again, and, and couldn't be in a better situation in my personal life. It's just awesome. You know, met her during that time of, of growth and recovery and fell in love with coaching, which became the catalyst to then look at all of what I had in my journey and say, wow, I love engineering. And, you know, I'll say it. I was a great engineer. <laughs> I really was. But I also loved business. I loved the idea of entrepreneurship and I loved coaching. And, you know, the second aha of this conversation was when I, this was in, I think, April of 2019, Scott, I'm sitting, you know, with one of my best friends talking and just saying, oh my goodness, the perfect thing for me to bring my passion and purpose and desire to coach others to, to do this plus business plus engineering is what is now the oasis of courage. I can bring all this together into one cohesive mission. And uh, I ended up quitting my job at, at Whirlpool Corporation later that year and going into this full time. That's incredible. And I love the big vision of like, this is what I went through. I can help other people. And you made a very poignant point, a really important thing for anybody who listens to this, who might be a little entrepreneurial or own their business or coach, which is almost all, everybody listens to this. Maybe not my mom, but uh, <laughs> right. Uh, is that, is that when things come, when you work on those other things, you eliminate some things, you improve some areas of your life, you become more comfortable with who you are, you just perform better. And it doesn't mean more time. And I think that's a really important thing because so many entrepreneurs or business owners started bootstrapping, they started doing everything on their own, and then they just end up working so much. And that's a, a value or they, they tie a value or, or a, um, their purpose to the amount of work they're doing. And you took that shift and were able to progress more with less time and energy. Yeah, it's so counterintuitive 
that I put in fewer hours and got bigger results, but it's absolutely true. And if you went back and asked some of my peers and colleagues at Whirlpool Corp during those years, and some of the best performance reviews I ever received were years where I can honestly say I spent fewer hours in the office than I had in those first five years when I led myself into a complete, you know, rut and rock bottom experience. And, you know, some people might look at that and say, hey, well, you know, that's not, that's not right, or that's not fair, or that's not, but it's not about hours. Remember, Whirlpool Corp didn't care about how long I was sitting in the desk chair. They care about the results and the value that I was bringing. And because of these shifts in my approach and my focus and becoming more strategic rather than just focusing on working harder all the time, I was creating more value. And so it was completely fair. They got the best that I had to offer and it created tremendous results for the organization. And the same can happen for you, whether it's in entrepreneurship or in your career, whatever you've got going, when you realize that it's not just about sitting, but in seat for as many hours as possible. And we start to you know, get focused on the right things. A lot can change. Yeah, that's, that's an incredible word, an incredible message. So you, you kind of make this realization through your own experience and, and you're like, I see my greater purpose. Did you just outright quit or did you have a time where you kind of grinded through both? Hey, before we get started, imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. The Ace for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most, serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S-F-O-R gyms.com and book an appointment to find out more. Great question. And I, I did start a few things. You know, I got the concept of the business. I took some of my friends and people who were mentees and I shifted them to a paid hourly coaching model just to test and see, will people actually pay Zach White for coaching? You know, I'd never done that before. So I ran that test and was really excited when people said, absolutely. I love meeting with you. I love the, the mentorship and coaching that I'm getting from you. I would be happy to pay you. So I got a little validation from people that they will pay me to do this. Um, and then I just spent a little bit of money to do some, some training and coaching for myself and get myself, you know, through the process of readiness to start that business. But when I quit, I had, I don't know, 5% of the revenue in the new business of the equivalent of my salary at Whirlpool. Right. I mean, it was not the kind of situation where I, you know, was able to build up a side hustle to the point where it was an easy exit. It was a scary exit. You know, I went from a very well-paid, you know, high six-figure salary kind of engineering leader to zero dollars coming in unless I got, got, I wasn't, zero. it felt like zero. That was low enough. It might as well have been zero. So in that sense, you know, I ripped the bandaid off and said, I'm going to take an opportunity to bet on myself. I believe I can do it. And I'm a hundred percent confident that the need is there 
So it's just, am I willing to do whatever it takes to connect <laughs> this opportunity with the person who needs it? And, you know, the rest is history in the sense that I could feel very great about the success now. But Scott, those first few months, they were not trivial. <laughs> it was really hard. Yeah. yeah. I've experienced it. It's, it is very difficult. Even even when the money is coming in, you know that it doesn't, it's not an automatic, like a salary from a big, you know, fortune right. 100 or whatever the company may be. And that scares a lot of people, but there's so much freedom and enjoyment and purpose on the other end. At least that's what I've experienced. I agree. I agree that the idea that for one, the work I'm doing is directly related to the most important things in my life purpose is huge. There's no substitute for that. But also, the part of me that loves success and, and driving to results is absolutely ignited by the reality that, hey, if this works, when I succeed, the upside is unlimited. Right. You know, at Whirlpool, you can do incredible work or average work and basically get paid the same. <laughs> you know, the upside is capped. There's only so much you're ever going to earn. And, you know, by default, there's some incentive misalignment there of me really bringing my absolute best at all costs, unless what you're passionate about is growth up the ladder, which at the end of the day, the highest title possible isn't what actually lights me up. And so those things combined have made this journey, you know, I, I would absolutely do it again in a heartbeat. That's incredible. I love hearing that. I think a lot of people need to hear that. Maybe, maybe not even the fact on the other end of that, they may just need to hear that um, they're okay with that. Like some people mm -hmm. that works for them. It is, it is wonderful. They're like I'm love this salary. I'm cool with this salary. And I just, I just need to have a little more purpose in what I'm doing. Or I think there's just so many messages that we can take from kind of what you've been through and, and entrepreneurs in general go through is not everybody's built to be an entrepreneur in my mind. Oh, so true. And Scott, you know, I coach engineering leaders and 99% of the engineers who I coach are not wired or even desiring of this journey, or they think they might want to start their own company one day, but that's because it looks so cool or so sexy, or this is like the trend and everybody's supposed to want this. And when we really get down to the heart of the matter. That's not the path that they're wired for. And so there's no shame or judgment whatsoever of saying, I want to create really great results in my life, in my career and be a W2 employee. There is still purpose and passion to be found there. But I will say that doesn't happen on its own. You need to be intentional to know what your purpose and passions are in life and go create conditions where you can tap into that. Yeah. Now, the company's not responsible for you living a life that's on purpose. You are. And that's what I work with my engineering clients on is to say, hey, you, know, you feel this way, disconnected, disengaged, frustrated, anxious, stressed, unhappy. You can blame your company for that, or we can do the work within yourself to tap into what you need to tap into to create a situation, even in the same environment that feels completely different. And again, 90% of the time, you don't have to change companies or change bosses or change your whole life to completely shift that experience. And that that's the power of coaching part of why I fell in love with what I do. Yeah. I love that. And I love, cause when you, when you said engineer, when I was reading your bio, I'm like engineer, okay, we're talking about really typically 
uh, logical, concrete, sequential type thinkers. And coaching is very outside of that. So I would imagine that for an engineer to hire a coach is kind of a little outside of what they see, like school should have given me everything. You know, I should be able to do X, Y, and Z, and it's going to equal the results I want. You're totally right. Hiring a coach. Uh, most of my clients, I'm the first coach that they've hired and it's way outside their comfort zone, which I love. <laughs> I love that. And you're, you couldn't be more spot on that this, this wiring of the typical engineer is such that, hey, if I just learn the right things, get the next certification, get the advanced degree, get the right experience, I can get smart enough to solve every problem in my career and go where I want to go. And, you know, you either hit the, the ceiling at some point to where that strategy just isn't working, or you burn out because there's not enough hours in the day to keep applying that strategy and you run out of energy and it, you can crash hard. I mean, I have a lot of clients who have permanent damage in their life, whether it's something like divorce or something like type two diabetes or some other big health issue that may happen as a result of this whole you know, reality. But to, to go get out of that one mode and say, hey, I'm going to ask for help and I'm willing to explore what coaching can bring. It's really hard for a lot of engineers to make that decision. Yeah. I would imagine that if, if, if it's like comes down to a cost analysis, like, you know, coaching could say, and I, I, I will scream this from the mountain type forever. The right coach can save you ridiculous amounts of money. You talked about diabetes. You talked about like what stress can do you to you, what fatigue can do to you medically or emotionally is going to cost you 10 X a hundred X of what having a coach for the rest of your life will be, which I am a firm believer that everybody needs to have a coach for the entirety of their life. Like there's, there's always, or a mentor or whatever, you know, combination, there's always room for growth. And we need to surround ourselves with people who are pushing us and have the tools to move us in that direction. So the cost analysis is a no brainer. It really, I agree. I agree. And on both sides, Scott, the, the things you can avoid from great coaching is worth 10 X a hundred X and the things you can gain, Oh yeah. you know, for engineers, sometimes you'd think they're so good at math, they would see this, but it's like, ladies and gentlemen, if, if you get your next promotion, even three months sooner as a result of a great coach supporting you, you've already paid back that investment of thousands of dollars. Like you're high income earners and you're talking about salary increases of, you know, 10, 20, $50,000 for a lot of these, these jumps. And so it's not, it's not hard to get that ROI, but it's just, it's unknown, Scott. We're talking about, here's a, the life I've lived and it's safe and secure and easy. And I know what, it, what it's all about. Or I can go invest money into this thing called a coach, but I really have no idea how it works, why it works, or if it will work. And the engineering mindset, and I'd say the human nature mindset, is just to default to the known, right? It's, it's a known entity of low value or an, an investment in an unknown value. Yeah. And when you just feel that sense of uncertainty, you default to no. And I just encourage people, whether it's coaching like we're talking about or any area of life, you know, take those risks sometimes. Def don't, don't let the default no be your, your answer. You know, get out of the comfort zone. You'd be amazed what can happen. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is where I'm, I'm um, it's perfect transition because you have a podcast 
And, you know, for me, my belief and what I've noticed for myself, for my business, for my, the things that I'm passionate about is the most amazing platform to really get people to understand what it is I have to offer or my company has to offer or uh, what I've learned and being able to sell it. It's all that, that story that sells. So you are a podcaster. How long have you been podcasting? The Happy Engineer launched in July of this year, 2021. So we're in episode 16, 17 timeframe right now. And it's been an incredibly fun journey to get this started. The project actually began in January this year, getting the, the idea, the premise and finding guests and getting everything going. And then we launched in July. Has it been worth the time? I mean, you're, you're only 16 episodes in, but has it been worth the time? Because there is some time to put in there. More time than I expected, Scott. Mm-hmm. I will not lie to you. I had a false impression of how simple it would be to launch the podcast, but it's been worth every minute. And I really believe it's one of these platforms like you're talking about that that just compounds. You know, it's an exponential kind of benefit to the listener and to the business. And, and that, part of what I love about this platform is the fact that we can really have this open natural dialogue and you know for the listener tuning in they're being so generous with their time and energy to be a part of this conversation with us and we can have way more impact on people's lives in this conversation than in a 30 second instagram soundbite you know and people are just flying through content and it's so much consumption and it's nurturing the spirit of distraction in your life and and this is the opposite of that you know, that longer form, that opportunity to really soak in it and then to take action. I think podcast listeners more so than any other platform out there are open to how to apply these things Mm -hmm. and take action. And that's part of why I chose this, you know, as a place to invest energy, because I don't care about giving my clients knowledge. I really don't. Knowledge is everywhere and it's free. You don't hire me for knowledge. Like my clients are smarter than me. These are brilliant engineers. Many of them have PhDs and are absolutely at a level of intelligence that blows me out of the water. Their problem is not knowledge. The problem is that there's no action and implementation on what they know. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's part of what I love about podcasting too, is we can actually talk about how do you apply it and, and get into action and then, you know, tune in next week and we may touch it again and touch it again. So yeah, man, I, the happy engineer podcast has been a blast and I committed to a hundred episodes, Scott, before we started, I said, there's no question. We're going to launch, do a hundred episodes. And at that point we'll decide if we want to keep going or not, but uh, we're, we're in it for the long haul because I really do believe in that exponential curve of what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, one, a plug, I, I think every business should be doing a podcast. I don't care how niche down you are. In fact, the more niche down you are, the better because you're going to get your, your listeners faster. I mean, engineering, researching engineering. I'm sure if there is an engineering category in podcasting, you're probably at the very top because there's probably not a lot of them out there. There's not many. You're right. Yeah. yeah. The The other thing is you nailed it. It is a lot of work and it's a lot of hard work and it, it kind of stretches you in areas you're not, you're not used to. That's why we have our business. Uh, we've helped I've helped over 30 businesses launch a podcast and we really reduce that friction. But man, I, you know, I had to go through the same thing you did like a ton of work. The first yes. time I started a podcast, 
Woo, don't underestimate that and get help. That's another place for coaching or for a service. You you got to do it because it's it, mm-hmm. it's just but as far as marketing goes, I'm proof. I hope that you are massive proof that it pays off. It's just a really great journey. Plus it's just fun to talk about what you're passionate yeah. about. Yep. I'll second Scott's pitch and hire him immediately. If you need help getting it done, just, just go, go do it. And, and you're right. Everybody can do it. I'm really bullish on podcasting as a medium right now. And it's not too late. It's not too late. If you think, oh, you know, podcasting's already hit its growth curve. It's done. It's too late. It's not. Well, Take Scott's advice. I think there's like 500,000 podcasts out there, but really I would say probably I don't know the actual percentages I've heard, like Travis Chapel talk about. It. I've heard a few people talk about it and it's most people don't last past like 10 to 15 episodes. So there's tons of podcasts up out there. And I look, I look and I do searches and you'll see people, you know, they stopped a year ago. They have 15 episodes, 13 episodes, 10 episodes, yep. four. They don't yep. know the work involved or they're just not committed. And I love that you have that hundred. This is a, this is a business strategy. This is a personal strategy is have a goal, but, um, but reevaluate when you get there. Right. So it's, it's, uh, be in it for the long haul because yes, there's 500,000, which is nothing, nothing in the world of numbers for how many, right. The, right. the opportunity, but it's not even close to that. It may be 250 that are serious about it, 250,000. So I'm, I'm excited to hear you're doing that. And I love the name. I think that's a really important factor too. The marketing is like dialed. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you're right. And for, for the listener, you know, you're seeking to sell or succeed in your own space. These are really important points. For one, the fact that the journey of entrepreneurship, if that's where you're at, is one where at the beginning, you've got to put a hundred in to get one out, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, the, the units of value, right? Like you got to go for it hundred in to get one out. You're just hanging on for that day when you can put one in and get one back. But the fun is when you get to the stage where you put one in and a hundred comes back, but to get there, you've got to commit to, to the longer term and actually do it. And things, little things like marketing, the titles, you know, really connecting to your customer makes a difference. All those little pieces add up to get you there. But part of why my coach said to me, and and yes, I, I have a coach. I always will. I with Scott hundred percent. I think it's a crucial part of uh, my success formula, but he told me, do not start the podcast if you are not 100% committed to a hundred or more episodes. That's a good coach. Because you're not going to get the return in 10 episodes. If you do 10 and stop, you're going to get nothing from it. You're going to put all this energy into start it and you're just going to be frustrated. So you have to be willing to do that. Now, is, is that advice copy paste into everything? Maybe not. There may be stuff in your business where a quick test, a week or two weeks of energy and you can learn. But just knowing in this medium, you know, what's that minimum time frame I need to actually know if it's working. So I would ask that question of any strategy that you're applying for growth in your business. How long does this strategy take to mature? Am I committed to stay with it long enough? If you're not, then don't start. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's such a good message. It's so good. And you also have to be very careful about where you put your energy in. Like it, there's a lot of evaluation and, and that's what another place we're going to, another place where a coach is very, very valuable because I have in the past put a ton of energy in a direction that completely pulled me away from the final goal or the mission. And, um, even when having coaches, I found that they will ask questions, a good coach will ask questions that really help you answer your own, 
um, your own journey. You're like, oh, didn't think of that. And the, we were so biased in our in the way that we think that we can't see things objectively. And that's really where the differentiator comes. So really great advice. Uh, you're wearing a shirt. I kind of want to I want to pivot into some things that you feel are helpful and and well, one, you know, being more, being a better person, be, being more on track with your own mission, your goal. Uh, you're wearing a shirt that says Crush Comfort. I, I absolutely like, love it. You know, um, personally, I do something difficult that challenges my mind, body, or soul every single day, and I do that on purpose. So let's talk about the Crush Comfort shirt. Man, I, I love this. And I'm going to stand up so you can see the rest of the shirt. It says, Oh, yeah. Crush Comfort and Create create courage. That is really, I, I call this the C4 lifestyle and it's part of my coaching program. It's part of the way that I work with clients and it's, you know, it's an acronym, these four C's crush, comfort, create courage, but it's also a bit of a metaphor, but we want to blow up the comfort zone. You know, C4 is an explosive and here's the reality, Scott. I know you know this, but it's good for all of us to remind ourselves that your default psychology maybe call it the lizard brain, call it the subconscious, whatever you want to refer to. It's wired for survival, not success. Okay. Your brain is hard wired for survival, not success. It's going to pull you into the, you know, the comfort zone, burning the fewest amount of calories possible, taking the safe, secure, easy route, um, don't take any risks because it's unsafe and, and you don't know what's on the other side of that. There could be a saber toothed tiger walking in the streets, stay inside, you know, all of those things as irrational as they may sound, the programming behind the scenes in our minds are going to pull us that direction. And so part of the, the will and the conscious mind's role in your life is to redirect energy towards success, which for me simply stated is get out of your comfort zone. If you're not willing to, and I love what you said, every single day, consistently challenge yourself in, in mind, body, soul, in some way to get out of your comfort zone and do something hard. You know, I like to use the phrase, you know, reach your edge, find that limit. You know, if it's physical, don't just get on the treadmill and, and do a couple of miles at a slow jog because you can, and it's good cardio, like maybe do your slow jog, but then let's sprint to the finish find that edge, push yourself closer to a hundred percent. Um, you know, if it's something in your mind and maybe it's, I'll use an engineering example, social anxiety, networking, really scary, cold calling. Cool. All right. If cold calling is scary to you, then I want you to cold call three people every day this week on purpose. Let's do it. Let's practice, right? Get out of the comfort zone. So I, I wear this shirt a lot and it's a big part of the brand at Oasis of Courage is you know, why courage? Why do we need this? Well, because standing at the edge of your comfort zone is fear. And it's got a thousand faces, you know, manifests in your life differently than in someone else's life. But when you start that in the morning, moving towards the edge of your comfort zone, every single time you're going to face fear in some way, some energy that's going to want to push you back. And I believe it takes courage to just blast right through that every single day and say, I'm not going to let fear stop me. I'm going to face fear and do it anyway. And so that's the whole heartbeat of C4 as a lifestyle. And again, for engineering clients who I serve, it's such an important catalyst to success at the next level, because again, the comfort zone in that world is just get smarter, get smarter, get smarter, get smarter. And again, the most intelligent person on the planet 
is not necessarily the most successful, the most happy, the most fulfilled. And so we have to learn how to recognize where is the comfort zone holding you back and what does it look like in real life to step out of it? Not just in theory, but in practice. Yeah, that's so good. So a tactical or practical question would be, what do you do? What do you do? What do you find yourself doing now um, to stay out of your comfort zone? I, I ask now because what I've found is that when I step out of my, like, let's say the cold calls. If the cold calls scared me and my coach said, well, do three a day the entire week, guess what? If I keep doing that because I'm, because it's uncomfortable, it's eventually not going to be uncomfortable anymore, which is That's a right. beautiful part of this. So what are you doing now to stay out of your comfort zone? I love the question. And my um, I like to look at it in, in the three dimensions of, of who I am as an individual, uh, which I, I categorize those as spirit, soul, and body, mm-hmm. um, or you might Think about it as, you know, faith, um, the mind and physical, like whatever kind of buckets help you. And you may or may not subscribe to this, but that's how I look at it. So um, I want to address at least one of those every day when it comes to getting out of the comfort zone. So in my body right now, I've been doing more around cold exposure and changing my, yeah, oh no, here's another polar plunge, cold showers guy. Yep. I think it's really, really powerful because it does take you psychologically to the limit and physically to the limit. And then in my workouts, Scott, I've been doing more to insert something with a, you know, a one rep max or, you know, of the fastest mile time I can get. So one of my goals recently has been to get back to a six minute mile pace. And I hit that goal and now I'm, you know, seeking to, how can I pull it down even farther? Awesome. Um, so, so that's an example, like, Hey, I want to take myself to the edge rather than just doing a cardio workout, et cetera. Like I mentioned in my mind right now, the thing that I've been doing is challenging myself to be more willing to share authentically what I believe on social media and otherwise, uh, not in a spark political or, or the type of debate, but being willing to be judged or to be told I'm wrong or to have my opinions be disagreed with. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Scott. I like to be liked. Oh, it's paralyzed. You, oh, man. You're on the same level here. It oh, is man. paralyzing for me to think about to put my opinion or something I'm passionate about and then someone say something that's negative. It, it will consume my head. So I really like that you're talking about this because I've haven't looked at it as a way to get out of my, uh, uh, the next level, getting out of my comfort zone. Yeah. I'm, I, it's not even that I'm afraid of my beliefs being bad or wrong. It's just like, ah, oh, I just want to be liked. I want to be liked. And so for me, I'm taking actions to put myself out there in a way that the people who are attracted to my message and my story and my approach in coaching are going to love it. And frankly, there's going to be people who totally disagree and do not love it and create some more clarity around who is Zach and is he my guy or is, is there another direction I want to go rather than keeping it very vanilla and seeking to be liked by everyone, but loved by no one. And so that's, that's a big area for me right now. And then the third is in, um, I'll say, emotional intimacy. Uh, I, I'm still an engineer, Scott. I'm still yeah, right. an engineer. And I like to solve all problems with my mind. And that goes into marriage, even though I'm super happily married now. And Johanna, you know, if she listens to this, she'll laugh uh, at me saying this, but 
you know, she, she and I have an amazing relationship, but sometimes, frankly, I still bring engineering into our marriage. Mm -hmm. And so we're going through a journey right now of me learning how to be really connected in a more emotionally intimate way and not, you know, just physical and, and erotic type of intimacy. I'm talking about, you know, really allowing myself to be bonded and connect with her at a deep emotional level and, and to talk about those things. Talk about getting out of the comfort zone for the engineer. You know, go sit down and have a conversation that's all about emotions. Yeah. Even as a coach, you'd think I'd be a master of this, but it's a lot easier to coach someone else's emotions than to deal with your own. And uh -huh. so this has been an area that's like, hey, I've got room for growth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And I would tell people that a lot of successful marriages, most of them, there's a, there's a level of emotional intimacy that, that, uh, is different. It's different. And you do have to be intentional. Even if you're like looking at a man who typically is either brought up or kind of uh, wired a little to not go there. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's a discomfort that most men really need to step into and crush that comfort. I love it. I really respect you for that. Thanks, man. Uh, I think that's incredible. And I know that you're, marriage. I've been married for 25 years. So I feel like I can say something. Uh, totally. Yeah. I'm totally. sure it'll thrive more because of that. And I think that's, that's epic. Um, all right. So what other, like, what are some non-negotiables? I mean, you've already kind of covered quite a bit, but if you were to someone say, look into your life and say, Oh, Zach does this every day consistently. And, mm. and, and it's because, you know, it's going to move the needle for you. What are, what are some of those things maybe that you haven't mentioned yet? Sure. I love the phrase non-negotiables. I use the word commandments and it's the okay. same concept. You know, what, what are those things that I absolutely must do? And we talked about whole life balance earlier. This idea of non-negotiables, it's like this sets the floor. It's the baseline of what, what I need to do to stay in whole life balance. And so a couple I didn't mention, one is every morning I do 10 to 12 minutes of movement, stretching, yoga, you know, some sort of calisthenic or yoga like movement on the mat. Uh, and during that time, I've got the headphones on and I'm just listening to affirmations and positive thoughts, positive thinking, the, the, the thoughts that I want to prime my mind with that set me up for success for the day. So I'm kind of doing two things there. I'm moving the body, I'm waking up the body and I'm waking up the mind and I'm setting myself onto the track of the kind of thinking that is what the Zach who crushes it in life is going to be thinking. And so um, that's a non-negotiable for me. I absolutely crave that time. A great cup of coffee. It's one of my commandments. Uh, <laughs> now, when I, I will say if it's not available, it's not the end of the world, but I love good coffee. So I do enjoy that. Not first thing in case the listeners listen, like you don't want to drink coffee right when you wake up in the morning, give yourself at least you know, 60, 90 minutes if you can, but uh, great coffee and then reading. Reading for me, it's you know, even if it's just five minutes a day, but I, I seek to get 30 minutes of reading in every single day because at the end of it all, what that allows me to do is bring into my thoughts all the wisdom and insights and experiences of others. And you know, if somebody wrote a book off of 50 years of, of learning in their own life and they condensed it down to a few pages, I can get 50 years of insights in a few pages and bring that into my life. And so reading for me is another one that's, that's a commandment because I, I think every successful leader I've ever met has some dimension of, you know, bringing that in. Now, maybe podcasting or some other medium works, works better for the listener here, which is great, but just making sure that I'm not in a, uh, you know, an echo chamber of just my own thinking and that I'm not relying on social media or these other 
frankly, just very noisy inputs. Um, there's something about books. If somebody took the time and energy to actually publish a book, you know, we just talked about the pros and, and amazing benefits of podcasting, and they're still true. But the fact is, you know, you and I, you know, we hit record. Here we are. We're having this conversation. I didn't spend a year of my life planning for this. A great book is a real investment. Yeah. And so that's part of why I put it in a different category versus a lot of other types of media, because it demonstrates real commitment and real expertise, et cetera. And I, I just put more value on that content. So those are a couple. That's really good. It's really great. So uh, let's, before I ask you the last question, I want to, I want you to just kind of give us a quick overview of where we can find you. I'll, we'll have all the things in the, in the show notes. So if you are interested in finding more out about Eric, tuning into his podcast, you can always check the links there, but go ahead and give us your, your, uh, where to find you. Yeah. So Zach White, I spend most of my time on LinkedIn because I coach engineers and that's where, you know, the professional community tends to hang out. So uh, it's a great place to reach out to me, but you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, the handle at Oasis of Courage. So feel free to check me out, but LinkedIn's the best place. If you want to actually, you know, connect with me directly, shoot me a DM. I would be more than happy to chat with you and, you know, tune in to the happy engineer podcast or share that with anybody in the STEM field, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. If you're in those spaces, we're really creating content for career growth and how do you create success without burnout and some really powerful conversations on the happy engineer podcast. So that would be the, the places and, Scott, I'll make sure and share all those links with you. And I'm sure your listeners know how to, how to find that stuff on your websites and, and show notes, et cetera. But thank you again. Yeah, I sure hope they know how to find those. Okay, last question before we wrap up. Uh, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? There's so many great directions to take it, but in the spirit of our conversation right now, it would be to get out of my comfort zone. I spent so much time in my younger years playing it safe. And I would absolutely, you know, put a whistle in my you know, go little coach on my shoulders, mouth, and just like, come on, man, go get out of the comfort zone. Because I, I think what happened is not only did I leave a lot on the table in terms of results and experiences that could have been really memorable and really exciting, but I, I just lived in this very narrow band of, of experience. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, if, if, if there's a neutral experience and then really big highlights of life or really hard negatives in my pursuit of safety, I kept myself tight around neutral in the experience of life. Mm. And, and then unfortunately it wasn't until like a major negative, that rock bottom moment we talked about, that kind of shook me and allowed me to open up to what's possible. And so, yeah, it's a risk that you can have negatives, but also I numbed out a lot of the opportunity for these really extraordinary positives. And so I, I would just say, I exact, get out of your comfort zone and be willing to stretch yourself and like really, really experience life and get passionate and, and put yourself out there and maybe fail more along the way. Yeah. Uh, that's what I would say for sure. That's excellent. I, I agree hundred percent. I think that's wonderful advice. All right, Zach, thank you so much for being a guest on stories that sell. Really appreciate it. Scott, thanks for having me and you and your, your team are creating tremendous value for your listeners with everything you're doing here. So thanks for having me and, and let me be a part of this with you. Thank you.
listening to the stories that sell podcast if you appreciated the content on the show be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week